Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Space milkshake. Four blue-collar astronauts are stuck together on a sanitation station after life on Earth disappears. Little do they know they are about to come under attack by a mutating rubber duck named Gary who wants to take over the universe. Guys, you paid for Space Milkshake. It was a telefilm-funded film. Let me be clear. I am not saying that Space Milkshake is a lousy movie. 39% Rotten Tomato Index, but, you know, whatever. It totally could be great, and I can't say for sure because I have never seen it. It was actually very difficult to see Space Milkshake. It played on pay TV a handful of times, you know, by CRTC regulation. They have to put this stuff on. They put it on when they figure no one's watching, after the stuff that makes the money. And today, you can't really see it, not easily. It was not really in theaters. You can't see it on Netflix, not even on Canadian Netflix, not on iTunes. It is on Pirate Bay. There are like three people seating it. Look, Space Milkshake is a piece of Canadian content. It is a cultural work that we all funded. It kind of might as well not exist. I don't know if anyone here knew about Space Milkshake before. And it's not alone. I'm, I'm just picking on it because it looks so ridiculous. If you go through the telefilm archives, you will see film after film that you've never heard of that got hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars in government funding. And these are movies that you might not even have had a chance of knowing existed. Some of them are probably very good. If you turn on the television, you will flip past dozens of Canadian shows that cost millions of dollars, much of it subsidized by Canadian cable and satellite TV subscribers, few of which we have much interest in watching. Something is broken in Canadian television and film. It's been broken for a while, but these industries have sort of staggered along through the decades anyhow. That party might be over. The head of the CRTC himself recently said that the TV industry needs to get ready for a crisis. If we are going to keep making movies and television shows in Canada at all, we need to fix things now. I am not a policymaker. This is very complicated stuff about tax credits and there's huge cultural questions, psychological. I don't actually work in the Canadian film or television industry, but I brought a celebrity. Jay Baruchel is a proud, fancy Canadian movie star. He has worked extensively in television. You may know him from such programs as Popular Mechanics for Kids. I will ask him questions 
tonight. And then some of you will ask him questions, and tonight we will solve everything here at the Bloor Hot Dogs Theater in Toronto. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Samuel Wallenberg, Leslie Weldrake, Miles Curry, John Watson, Michael Vernon, Laura Godfrey, Danny Jate, Benjamin Thibault, John O'Connor, Shay. And is there someone here who supports Canada Land who can come up here for a moment? Just run right up if you are a Canada Land supporter. Dear God, let there be one. What is your name? Eva Safir. Eva Safir. I know you from the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Eva, thank you for supporting Canada Land. Why did you decide to be awesome? Because you are. Thank you very much. This episode is brought to you by AG1. Listen, taking care of your health is not always easy, but it should at least be simple. That is why for months now, I start every day by drinking AG1. I take a scoop of this green powder, I mix it in a canister with water, shake it up, and I drink it. I get hydrated and I get energized and focused and ready to take on the day knowing that I have vitamins, minerals pre and probiotics, and a lot more. These are things that science tells us we need. They are also things that I don't necessarily get every day outside of my AG1. Listen, if there's one product that I'm gonna recommend that will help you elevate your health, it's AG1. And that is why I have been partnered up with them for so long. If you wanna take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1, try it now, and you'll get a free welcome kit that includes a shaker bottle, canister, a metal scoop, along with five free travel packs. You'll get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 along with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash CanadaLand. That is drinkag1.com slash CanadaLand. Check it out. This episode of CanadaLand is also brought to you by FreshBooks. Does anyone here use FreshBooks? Come on. Canadian TV and film may be in trouble, but Canadian cloud accounting software is top shelf. I use FreshBooks, guys. I used it when I was a freelancer. I use it now for my small business. It is stupid easy to use, to send invoices, to get paid, to do your taxes. You can use it for free for 30 days when you go to freshbooks.com slash CanadaLand. And when you do, tell them who sent you. Jay, come on up. Thank you. Very nice of you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm going to start by quoting you to you. Oh, God, here we go. I'm going to, I'm going to resist the urge to do the voice. <laughs> Better men than you have, have tried and failed. Anyway, continue, please. All right. God's honest truth. Oh, Since God. I was a kid, my goal was to make movies to fulfill my responsibility to Canadian cinema. That's so funny, because I have a kid. You just met my kid. I did. And he, too, he's four. He has a goal of fulfilling his responsibility to Canadian cinema. <laughs> that was what we bonded over. What on earth do you mean? How is your goal as a kid to fulfill your responsibility to Canadian <laughs> cinema? <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, okay. Do you, do you want the, the hilarious soundbite or the earnest answer? Uh, right. Hilarious, earnest soundbite. Yeah, um... Just trying to get laid. I don't know. I, um, no, if, <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to get laid at all. Don't worry. Uh, you're all fine. No one's. I am. I don't pose a threat to any. I don't, I don't know what I'm saying. This is going really well. Really well. No, I, I said that basically because um, the the guys. On, okay, so here, here it is. Is like I come from kind of a military family. I, so 
everything in my life from a very early age was kind of filtered through a bit of a, a prism of patriotism. And so when I sort of started getting into movies around like, I guess I was like eight when I sort of didn't just enjoy watching them, but kind of understood, I, I can't say understood, but I started to maybe get, oh wow, this could be a cool thing to do, that, that someone did this. They didn't just show up, someone made this, this is someone's story. Um, I guess I realized that, uh, yeah, I wanted to work uh, in this country, and I thought that I could do my part. Uh, when I was 11 years old, I was like, you know what, I'm going to grow up, and I'm going to make awesome movies here, and people are going to see them, and, and we can all call them our own. And, and, I, and, and I think it was like, you know, when I first discovered uh, David Cronenberg, when I was like yeah, 12 or 13, and I started watching all his movies and saw that, you know, he brought the world to Toronto, right? Like, so Fellini brought the world, world's greatest actors and such to Rome, and Woody Allen and Scorsese did it for New York, and Cronenberg did it for Toronto, so it seemed to me that it was like, if I was gonna achieve anything, uh, it would be something sort of like that, in my wildest dreams. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you're, you were, uh, are enjoying this very successful career, and you have made it your business to kind of try to do as much work here as possible. Mm -hmm. So, can we define the problem? Is there a problem? Whenever I talk about this mm -hmm. stuff, th th they're the same three people, they're all, and they're all Canadian screenwriters, um, who get onto Twitter and get very angry with me and say, yeah. what are you talking about, Jesse? Everything's fine. Yeah, right. It's booming. We have crews just... Yeah, it's clearly thriving. It's thri they say this, and it, Jesse, just because you don't like Flashpoint and Republic of Doyle, it doesn't mean that the industry needs to be fixed. Yeah. So they're not here to defend themselves, so maybe you can tell me who's right, me or those jerks. <laughs> I, I mean, clearly there's a problem, and there's been a problem. Um, but it's also, it's, to me, there's a bit of a chicken and the egg thing because there's something intrinsically Canadian about um, not just defining yourself, but defining yourself in relation to another country or culture. And I, I have it in me too, but I often, okay, well, in the States we do this, they do this, but we do it like this. Like, okay, fine, but there's a whole big world out there. Like, how about we just do shit? Why do we always have to, you know, compare ourselves to Britain for the first hundred years and now compare ourselves to America for the last hundred, you know? Um, so I think we have to get away from that kind of small man complex type of thing and, and, and stop being so bloody eager to prove ourselves at the big kids table. I don't think anything good is going to come from that as long as we always think that way. Clearly there's problems. Clearly the system isn't as healthy as it could be. There are people who, who sort of like any system, they, they, they built it. There are people that kind of ran a racket and, did, and, and found out the loopholes and found a way to make a pretty decent living on it. And all the while putting out stuff that the vast majority of Canadians never saw and were never, you know, not, and if they knew about it, weren't all that interested to see it, you know. There, 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 there's a bunch of things, not, not the least of which to me is that there's a bit of an old boys club, you know, and it's not exclusively uh, boys, um, and I don't think they're all exclusively old. <laughs> um, but they're mostly boys and they're mostly old. Yeah, well, it's definitely, they have a club, <laughs> which is the most important thing. Uh, they, they have a club, but like, they're gatekeepers. And they sort of, there's a very small amount of people that decide what comes out, big screens or TV screens. And so, but, the, but it's a weird thing. It's, it's a double-edged sword because my, my friends in the States, and these are all, a lot of the, these people are people who've made it in some capacity or another. They often are incredibly envious and salivate and are, you know, awestruck at the idea that we live in a country where 
you know, the government funds our movies and our music videos and our records, you know, and that's something special and it's not something to be taken lightly. Like, they would die for that opportunity, you know, and, and, and by the way, they, they fund all sorts of stuff, right? Like, they, it doesn't all have to be stuff that's waving the flag or some sort of pro-party line, anything. They just have to fund creative shit here. So that's, that's, that's something special, but a very small amount of things get to the top there and the people get comfy because you you if you're a proven success once and by the way the definition of a proven success in the canadian uh film and grant giving world is uh i mean that's leaves something to be desired potentially but what i'm saying is if you make a movie and they like you you get to keep making movies often to the exclusion of other people that might have some good stories to tell Okay, you just said a lot of uh, really substantial stuff very quickly. I told you I have the gift of gab. I, I, I lose track. Yeah. Have we been here for five hours or two minutes? It could be either. <laughs> well, you know, th this conversation is so often reductive to just this idea of, of some psychological problem on the part of Canadians, and it rarely gets discussed in terms of structural, structural problems within what has become... You don't want to throw around the term corruption too loosely, no, but cronyism. And, to a and, certain degree, and, and, and by the way, like, I, I'm talking to someone that's like in good standing. Right? You know, like when we made Goon, a lot of people dug it, and when it came out, it opened at uh, number one in English Canada. We beat all the American pitchers, which is bloody unheard of. <laughs> like, we did it. We actually did it. Now, so as a result... They dig us. And so here I am, to a certain degree, maybe biting the hand that feeds me. But I also know that there's a whole generation worth of great storytellers that are uh, not getting the chance to tell, to tell their stories. And, and I think that we have an opportunity here to do such interesting stuff. Like, this, we can't forget, this is the same system that gave the world the kids in the hall. On CBC, mind you. Yeah. Like, can you see that on PBS in the States? I, 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 here I am, comparing myself to the, comparing us to the States. Just like I said, this is, the, this is the problem. Can you see that on CBC? Could you see... Not now, no. But like, so every once in a while, this system does allow for true creation. Are those accidents, though? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Because the, the, there's a lot that's right about it on paper, okay? So like... I, I've got friends of mine who've, you know, developed movies in this sort of studio system in the States, and my writing partner and I have done a little bit of that, um, you know, nearly killed us, but basically, if you're in, you're in here. When we did the script for, for Goon back five years ago, when we made that movie, I remember my meeting with Telefilm, and I was nervous as hell, and I remember it was like, so do you guys think there's going to be another uh, draft of the script? I was like, yeah, probably at some point. They're like, well, great, we'd love to see it. That was it. So, is it an accident? Yes and no. I think, like, we have the right source on paper, but I think it's not being run the way that it could be. If there's anything that we actually do solve or push towards some sort of solution, I hope it's to kind of reframe the reluctance that people in the creative community have to criticizing mm -hmm. the, the, the funding structures. We do live in a country where the government funds art, and there's this feeling that if you criticize that, you are criticizing funding of art. Yeah, which is not what I'm saying at all. I think, like, I thank God every day that I was born in this country and that I'm still able to live here. This is, like, this is the, the best country the world has come up with so far in the, in the span of human history. I sw I'm not joking. I mean it. I'm saying on balance, I think I, I would go so far as to say that, on average, Canadian leads a better life than any other country in the world. 
I guess that's funny. But I don't. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was pretty cool. I, I think it's kind of safe, and for the most part, we get along, and we're all pretty educated and healthy on average. Like, I, I just think like we've got a lot right, but we can never be satisfied that it's it's as good as it can be. <laughs> When you meet with people in the Canadian system, and I'm sure they're very glad to be, you know, uh, talking to you at the prospect of working with you, uh, do they want hits? Are they looking for hits? Are they putting their efforts and energy towards making a hit? And do they know what that is? I have no idea, man. I really have no idea. I, I, it's a hard one because a lot of the companies that put out Canadian stuff also are putting out American or British stuff with twice the budget. Let's say you're a theater owner here, okay, and you've got, you know, 10 movies to come out in the next month, and one of them's a Telefilm Canada million-dollar movie with, like, sort of no discernible name, and uh, the other ones have, like, Will Smith and aliens and shit in them. Um, I mean, it's, you know, it doesn't take a brain surgery to be like, I'm probably not going to make any money on this one, right? So they don't have any, they don't have enough skin in the game, I don't think. That's the thing, the, the, the people that own the, the, the broadcasters are forced to put a bare minimum of Canadian content on. I think that bare minimum needs to be a, a bit less bare. I, I think that's the only way it's gonna, you have to force people's hand to a certain degree. You think that, that upping the quotas? 100%. From the point of view of, of the broadcasters who are saying, yeah, or who might say, if they weren't afraid, to, people don't wanna watch this stuff as much, we're gonna make less money. Like, is it the content or is it the, market, the distribution thereof? I think it's a bit of a cyclical chicken and the egg thing. A lot of good can come if you just sort of stimulate it a bit more. I won't lie, it's a dream of mine to run the CBC because I know exactly, I feel like I know exactly the kind of shit that should be out there and I know exactly the kind of way, I feel like I know what would resonate with people and, 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 and this is not to say that the CBC isn't resonating with people. It's the channel that's on in my house the most and there's a great deal of stuff on there that means a great deal to a lot of people. Yeah, you heard me. You heard me. I swear to God. You, you, you said something interesting earlier. About, like, if you're constantly trying to make the lesser Canadian version of an American genre, mm -hmm. the lesser Canadian version of a police procedure, or the mm -hmm. lesser Canadian version, then it's going to be the lesser Canadian version. No matter what. How can you regulate or legislate a cultural, uh, creating a Canadian cultural like genre or a yeah. new kind of like I kind of have an idea of what it might be you can kind of piece it together we don't have big budgets we do have yeah. funny people like yeah. we have interesting places that don't get on screen enough like you can kind of imagine what it might be but what is Canadian has been the the, the stuff of debate in literature and art and like the, like I I don't know and I think that's a good thing like I don't know that we should be able to reduce ourselves into bullet points you know necessarily um, but I do know that there are some legitimately, authentically Canadian things that have connected with people. Trailer Park Boys is religion to me. I put it up there with Shepherd's Pie, Joy Division, like just everything that I love. <laughs> and, and that is 100% through and through authentically Canadian. Um, it, could, it could come from nowhere else. And, and I don't know that it, it could have existed anywhere else. And so this is, a, you know, so every once in a while we get it right. That's a great example because I don't think that they made that show like, let's solve the problem of Canadian content. <laughs> they just made a show that made them laugh. They made a show that made them laugh. And, and to this question of making something that's uniquely Canadian, I think they just tried to tell a story that was personal Bingo. to them and that was specific to a specific place. That's right. And yet everybody thinks that it's the trailer park in their town. Yeah, when that's you, right. When you watch it in the States, people think it's... 100%. When I was working in, in, in Louisiana um, for three months, it was like I was floored at how many people loved it there, and they loved it because they're like, no, no, I know people like this. This is like my family. And then I go over to the UK, and it's exactly the same thing, right? So it's got to start from 
you, if you make something that you believe in and you, you make it specific, it becomes much more universal than if you try to make it universal. Here's another thing you said. Oh, God. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you that, said sa- that sounds about yeah, right. You said fuck yeah. That sounds like something I'd say. We need to make more movies here that take place here and where we don't hide our Canadianness. I'm sick of seeing the Toronto skyline, and when it comes time to the currency being exchanged, there's a close-up of American money. Enough, man. Enough is enough. A round of applause for that sentiment. <laughs> um, but hold on a second. Jay. No, just <laughs> Jay, you're, you're showman seeking woman. Yes, I know. I it's know. shot here in Toronto, isn't it? It's, but it's not funded by Canadians. Where, where, does, it's not it, written, where, where does it take place? It's not written, it's, well, it's not created by Canadians. What I was talking about, and yeah, I know that quote because like... It was a bit of a tempest in a teapot for a split second that I just sort of stuck my head in the sand because sometimes I have to be held accountable for the shit I say in press junkets. Um, <laughs> no, why, why, why? That whole conversation stemmed from I was promoting a movie called uh, The Art of the Steel, and that's a movie that takes place up here. And the lady interviewing us was saying it was just very nice to see that you guys weren't trying to pretend that it was somewhere else when it was clearly a Canadian film written and directed by a Canadian, funded with Canadian money. And we weren't never like, man, Chicago, right? Like that. You know, I, I guess I was I was talking specifically about this this uh, desperate thing that used to permeate, and I guess maybe still does, uh, a lot of Canadian cinema and TV, which is like, all right, you know, just just make sure the license plate says New York, because you never know, it might come out down there, and uh, and, and as opposed to like and New Yorkers, uh, Toronto, <laughs> I, I won't watch this movie. <laughs> Well, uh, this not is, even in my country. This is the point. This is the point I made. I, I guess that it's, was it's, a, it's a hyperbolic, coarse way of saying that, like, I just think movies that take place in New York, shot in New York, can take place in New York. Movies that are shot in London can take place in London. Movies that are shot in Toronto can never take place in Toronto, and I think that's lame. That's all I was saying. And, and it's not necessarily fair to talk about Man Seeking Woman, because that's a show, as you say, it's funded by an American network, and it's the showrunner, the creator is an American. Every, every, most of the people involved but me, yeah. There was a creative mind there who wanted it to be in Chicago. Yeah. What about your show that you wrote for ABC? <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you, you uh, were hired to write uh, a show about a, a fancy movie star who moves back to his hometown. Yeah. And, uh, and didn't set it in Canada. And, it, it, and it's, it's set in Burlington, Vermont? That's right, because it was the closest to Montre- big city to Montreal. <laughs> the closest like, American city to Montreal. So what the hell happened there? Yeah, I'll, I'll explain that. I, uh, um, <sighs> it's a hard one, right? Because I'm just the same as you, just, just lancing boils and trying to make a living, just like anyone else. Um, that was disgusting. Uh, um, no, my, my writing partner and I, he who, you know, doesn't necessarily have uh, an acting career to sort of uh, pad his uh, income with, um, when we get opportunities, we have to take them very seriously wherever they come from. And there was a chance to write, a t- they asked us if we were interested, and uh, yeah, I, it, was, it was a gig. I, I tried to make it as Canadian as I could given the confines of writing a TV pilot for an American network. But take me into the process. Did you want it to be Montreal? And they said no? 100%. So what's the thinking there? Like, it, it is that thing that I described, that this is going to alienate American They viewers? seem to think so, yeah. Maybe it's true. I mean, maybe, like, 
part of what made the original British office so appealing is that it did have this sense of place. And like, mm-hmm. I, I had no idea what slow was no, or, you know, but it just it was so depressing. And right. they, they seized upon everything that was grim and dark 100%. about that. And they, they just made owned it. it. Yeah. But that was a niche thing. And, and, they, and by the way, vast majority of Americans have no idea that show existed. They, they know the American one that was on 10 times as long. But, like, a great deal of them, like, or if they know, they know it was based on something, but it just, I don't get, it's not my kind, like, it, it just, it didn't, you know, reach the audience that the other one did. Now, I, I, it's not a for better or for worse thing, and I'm sure I must sound, like, fairly disingenuous considering I wrote a pilot for a American network. Um, but, but, yeah, I, I, I feel like, I, ideally, in a future, I, I, Hey, man, fuck the future. It would be great if now if you just made shit and people and it was good and it come out somewhere else, which happens, by the way. They're like, you know, Sarah Polly's movie, Take This Waltz. That's a movie a lot of people down in the States like, and that's when it takes place right here. So it, it, it can work. Is there a role for you to play? You probably could have more creative freedom here than, than you might Oh, definitely. definitely. So you should throw your weight around and make it your, your vanity, well, no, your dream projects here. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's right. Is that an option? Could you do that's that? That's fucking what I'm trying to do, man. Yeah, I just uh, I just bought a house here, so I've kind of moved to Toronto. Yeah, welcome to Toronto. Um, thank you. Um, no, it, it's and 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 part of that was a bunch of contributing factors, but the kind of big driving one was uh, put my money where my mouth is. If if I want to work in Canadian cinema and television. Um, I have to be honest with myself, and the vast majority of my ideas are going to be in English because that's the language I grew up speaking. Um, so it kind of makes the most sense for me to be here. And so, um, and and I have to say, it's 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 not an unexciting time right now. There, there's a there, I think there's a, a bunch of us who are kind of cluing into the same thing, and uh, there's a pretty great pool of creativity, of talent, of, uh, of stories to tell here. And uh, listen, f- for me, it all stems from this fatalistic idea that Canada might disappear someday. Wait, what? Who knows? Countries die, man. I, I'm a history nerd, so I know that the Kingdom of Jerusalem is already around longer than we came and went and was already around longer than we've been here. And so who knows if we might disappear from, like, anyway, this is crazy. What my point is... <laughs> Wait, no, you, you had a meeting with Stephen Harper, so maybe you know something we don't. What's going on? Jay, what's going on, man? I just mean a, a country, a culture's art survives, and if I have the chance to add to the tapestry of the small country that I was born into, that means a lot more to me than doing it somewhere else that's just not where I'm from. Thank you. So word up, and I, 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 seriously, I just, <laughs> here's the problem though, like, it's, it's a very evocative emotional plea to, you know, change course of how this entire Canadian film and TV industry, I mean, it's not like a huge endeavor, but it employs thousands of people, and there's, there's millions of dollars, and, yep. and where success is defined, there are lots of people who make decent livings, and uh-huh. they don't make it because they have a big hit, they make it because they get a second season, uh-huh. and, and you, you keep people happy, and you get a third. Uh-huh. And this, this you know, racket or old boys club, is that going to be reversed because we want it to, and people you work with and, and who are doing great things and have wonderful reputations want and, to... And because it can't sustain itself. What would you say to like a young comedian or filmmaker? Would you say, you need to go and, and, and write a one-sheet and start pitching? Or would you tell them, just go on YouTube? 
I know. That's, that's, what would you say? What would your advice well, be? That, that, I mean, that's one thing that sort of the future has in its favor is that um, the, the playing field is getting a bit more level now. Yeah, I won't lie. There's like a bit of a chip on my shoulder for someone that was like, you know, I started acting in uh, in 95. And so, yeah, for a long time, there was no option but get a embarrassing headshot, memorize your lines, go degrade yourself in an audition. Like that was just what it is to be an actor. And now your YouTube video gets enough hits, you can be the lead on a TV show or the lead in a movie or something, which is like... It's a bit of a hard pill to swallow just because of the, you know, my friends and I who feel like we just you know, worked our asses off. Not, and this is not to say we deserve to be famous or some weird thing like that. It just means that, like... So if kids started to get famous from YouTube, you would be the victim in that scenario. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Goddamn kids. <laughs> um, but I think that's also a good, exciting thing because it's going to force, like, what a TV show is has been redefined and is consistently being redefined. Well, forget advice. What would you do? I mean, you would have to, you probably have a lot of ability to get people behind a project here in Canada, but then you'd be in the same system uh, as everybody else when it comes to network notes and satisfying the CanCon regulations. Mm. Or you could go on Kickstarter and you could probably raise money for uh, yeah. a passion project of yours. Like, yeah. what, what do you think? I think Kickstarter is for people that don't have access to, to, you know, like, I can get in rooms, like, or, or at least I can try and can, that's not to say I'm guaranteed anything. What I'm saying is I have access to, uh, to pitch and, and try to get resources that the average person just doesn't. And that's what Kickstarter is for. I, I think it's kind of, yeah, I, I, it really is reprehensible that... That you, schmuck, what's his name, who did the... <laughs> who did that? <laughs> you, yeah. Zach Braff, you don't. Yeah, wanna, no, I you don't want to braff it. No, that's fucking bullshit, man. That's fucking bullshit because because he has uh, he has a manager and agents and he has you know uh, a career's worth of contacts he's made. Like he just doesn't need that. And there are people that do. Like I think it's super cool that we have that. Like right now, I mean, if I was if that was around when I was in high school making all my weird little horror movies on the weekend and I found the way like that I could have a website where people might fund the fucking budget like how cool is that but like I think it's kind of gross when people that um don't need it uh use on it and use it and 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 try to sort of make it a bit of a decoder ring like you're in the club with it there's just it, it's incredibly disingenuous well I think we fixed everything we did not. We did not. No, I, I think uh, we hopefully started something, and maybe we can continue it with some questions. Uh, tell us uh, who you are, if you don't mind, and, uh, and ask uh, a question. My name is Alex. I'm from Toronto. Uh, Jay, uh, you mentioned the Trailer Park Boys. Mm -hmm. um, they've been pretty vocal lately about uh, the cuts to the uh, the Halifax tax, the yeah. film tax credit. Yeah. Um, don't want to start a conversation about Nova Scotia budgets, um, but here we are. Uh, because Snoop Dogg <laughs> tweeted about it. Uh, so it, it made some 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 ripples. Mm -hmm. But uh, what do you think? What what do you think the real impact of that um, is going to look like for an industry? In so a, 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 a lucrative uh, uh, a, tax credit in Nova yeah. Scotia. That I think it was a seventy five percent rebate reduced to twenty five percent by the the Nova Scotia Liberal government. It was going to be wiped out completely, and then the compromise was twenty five percent, right? Okay. So it's yeah. seventy five cents on the dollar, and it created a whole industry, and then yeah. and now it's down. Now a lot of people are it, saying that what, their entire livelihoods. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those friends of mine, uh, uh, people that work out, like, yeah, there's a, there's a great deal of people who's, like, yeah, jobs have all but basically left their province, um, which sucks, uh, obviously. Uh, even worse to me is the fact that, like, uh, there might not be another trailer, like, the, the, the next 
whatever the next cool group of people that come together with an idea they think is funny, like we, we just took, we just, Nova Scotia has just robbed itself of the chance to yield another Trailer Park Boys. All right, thanks. Thank you. Um, so I work for a very small company here in Toronto called Real Canada. We bring Canadian films to high school across the country. We, we brought the trots. We brought Jacob out. Terrific. Yeah, because um, we think that's how you get audiences for I think Canadian that's a good cinema. start, yeah. Um, last year we started National Canadian Film Day, which kind of got a lot bigger this year. You tweeted about it. I did, I wow. to get your sense on um, if you think that's a good idea or um, maybe you can... Give us, uh, give well, us your take on it. Yeah, I think I think that's a terrific idea. I think, like, at the very least, it can't hurt to sort of have a day where we can all sort of reflect and remember and, and, and exchange and share great flicks that have been made up here. Um, but I, I, I think what's equally important is something that Jacob Tierney has always mentioned is, like, we, we have to reach a point in Canada where we stop watching Canadian movies or TV, um, like, homework. Like, oh, well, you have to. Like, you know, like... Yeah. I really do think you should just watch shit you like, and if it, and, and and so it's on us and the people that make shit up here to make shit that people like. That's the most important thing. Why do you think Quebec cinema is so thriving in their so linguistic many isolation? People? Do you think that's simply it? Well, hundred percent. I mean, that's a huge thing. Like, they they they. Uh, they they have a country to themselves, effectively. Quebec is like its own universe, and so it has its own star system. And when their movies open, they always open at number one. And so as a result, that's translated to, like, of the past 10, 15 years, like, look at how many uh, best foreign film nominations at the Oscars Quebec films have had. Like, this is, this is proof positive. Like, their stars are their stars. Their cinemakers... Cine- Filmmakers are their filmmakers, and so, but I, I think that, like, it might be a different story if they were speaking the same language as the rest of Canada. Because my theory is that the Canadian stuff tries to be explicitly Canadian, but Quebec stuff just tries to be a good movie. No offense to some of the Canadian cinema that happens, but... I, I feel like a culture has the confidence to be itself when it is itself. So, so yeah, so, like, I, 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 I don't know that the two are kind of disconnected. I, I, I think that... Quebec cinema makes just movies, uh, but because it's been allowed to, because it's in the planet of Quebec, right? And so whether or not it hits outside of it is, is not that big a deal to them. I think you'd have to imagine Quebec if it was bordered on France, you know, for like, you, you know, but you're absolutely right. I was talking about Belgian cinema, right? Like, but we're, 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 we're we don't want to say it, right? But because nobody wants to be rah rah laissez faire, but. There's an there's an actual money making system there, yeah. and that because with ten times as many fucking people to draw upon. Yeah, and, and that that beca- everything serves that because it's it's it dwarfs the government funding what you can make if you have a hit, and so everything starts to serve. Well, let's make not necessarily the best thing we can. And for a while they were making f- like kind of silly schlocky stuff, but that resonated with audiences. And then it got better and better. And and a market stratifies and there's a place for art cinema. There's a place for silly comedies. There's a place for smart comedies. And it's a whole kind of And ecosystem. we will get there one day. That's the, like, I truly believe we'll get there one day. I think like we have to stop trying to decide what a Canadian film should be. I think there's a bunch of different types of Canadians. I suspect if we went around and interviewed all, I bet you guys have a whole bunch of different viewpoints. I bet some of you might even disagree so some people like art films and some people like horror films and some people like the key is that we have to make we have to reflect that our art should reflect the diversity of viewpoints and it doesn't really thank you 
That's a great question. Thank you for it. Hi. I want to just, first of all, thank you both for doing this. Um, I work for First Weekend Club, and we, oh, awesome. let, we let Canadians know across the country when uh, a, a Canadian film is in the cinema. We're doing and God's work. <laughs> um, so, and we also just launched uh, Canada Screened, which is a VOD version, so you can watch anytime, anywhere in Canada uh, right now. Give people the website again. Oh, yeah. So, uh, firstweekendclub.ca. There you go, kids. Every single, every single week we have more than one Canadian film coming out and the reason it's called First Weekend Club is because if you go to see it, see it in the cinema in the first weekend, guess what? They get a second weekend and then they get a third weekend. So my question I guess to you would be, um, how do we get more of the news out there about like just finding out about it so people can go and see? Yeah, I wish I knew that. I mean, because I was in a bunch of movies that I thought were going to come out in a bunch of theaters here that didn't um you know movies that are regarded kind of as like like you know one of the things i'm most proud of is a movie called the trotsky and thanks <laughs> thanks but that thing was a fucking fart in a tornado like it, it 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 not in terms of its quality or artistic caliber in terms of how long it was out in theaters they just weren't that interested because there was some other thing that they could they could sell way more tickets you know, with, with bona fide stars from the States and shit. So they, they, I don't know how long we were in theaters. I, I feel like it was maybe two weeks or something. And most, a lot of people had no idea the bloody thing had even come out. Well, that's, the, that's the issue. And so that's a marketing issue, right? And, I, and, and so Goon was, I'll say this, Goon was the first time, that was the first time I'd ever seen a Canadian film that I was a part of marketed correctly. And that means that because they actually put time and effort and resources into it. They had skin in the game. Uh, they had, we were on buses. We were in uh, metro stations. We were on TV constantly. Like the same way that every other fucking movie is promoted in every other country in the world. We actually did it. And people went to see it. How fucking novel. I got I to gotta jump in here on this one, though, because I, I think what you're doing is wonderful. Like that you're trying to... I've seen these efforts to almost kind of game the system of if we can get everybody to come see it on this weekend and use social media, then we will be sending a message and that's what they make these decisions based on as to whether to do a wider release or not. But isn't the real problem that that's a messed up way to determine, like, you're, 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 that's a workaround and the whole trend in cinema going is for huge budget popcorn pictures that Canada will never be able to produce that have marketing budgets that are like triple the size of the Canadian film's budget. And so if you accept the terms of that as what we're going to have to overcome in order to, you know, and that, that determines the whole life of the film going forward, wouldn't it be wiser to try to figure out some alternative distribution system than that? Because, like, I, I don't see how Canadian films are going to win. Yeah, I mean, it is a bit, of, it is a bit kind of, of an uphill battle just given how much, uh, how many less, how, how few are, there are of Canadians. Like, there's, you know, 30 million, 35 million to 300 million, and, you know, uh, there's is a is a system um, of robber baron capitalism. So there's like you know, great deals of money that they can constantly draw upon. Um, but I'll say this, and I'm sorry to only reference fucking goon, but like the 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 Canadians did it better than the Americans. 
And that's something that, like, I, and listen, I'm, I am, I think my Patriot bona fides are fucking well known, but. Canadians they, marketed goon better than American. Hell yes. And I never thought I'd live to see that, man. Okay. I'll be God, the God's honest truth. Because it is a bit of the Wild West up here in terms of, like, it, it, there's just not the infrastructure that they have in LA or New York to do this shit. But when Goon came out, the people up in Toronto cut the better, made the better poster, cut the better trailer, and fucking actually got butts in the seats. The Magnolia in the States, they, they, they had no interest in us actually coming out in the theaters. They said they would, but they were much, all they gave a shit about was VOD. So we came out, and I think, was it 12 cinemas in the entire country of the United States of America, a bunch of which had no poster in front of it. So people, like, if someone did want to happen to go see a movie, they, they wouldn't even find it because there was no poster there. Literally no poster. So we... we yeah, I, I, we did it right that time, but it, I... It can be done. It can be done, yeah. yeah. Okay, thank you very much. So back to the cynicism. Um, so you mentioned that you wanted to up um, the quotas for Canadian content, and this may be a naive question, but my gut kind of says, like, if we're upping the quotas, doesn't that then take the pressure off of, you know, making a hit or making something that connects with people? Uh, because it's going to get played anyway. So I was kind of wanting to yeah. hear your reasoning around why more. Because I think it, the generational effects would be worth it. You know, I, 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 I do. I think, yeah, necessity is the mother of invention and competition is a good thing. I, I, uh, 100%. But I, I, I also think there's a middle ground. And I also just think that, like, we're not getting our foot in the door even enough. That, that, that's all it is. Like, and I think that is the kind of thing that... Yeah, it's not something that you'd figure out in a year or two years. It's something that would only yield dividends 10, 15, 20 years down the line when kids grow up in a system where they see way more shit from their own country. And then they can be confident to be competitive against each other. But so long as we're, you know, clawing and, 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 and desperately trying to find a way to get our shit in one movie theater for a week and a half and no one will see it, like, I, I just don't, that, that's untenable to me. So something has to give, and it seems to me that maybe forcing people's hand to a certain extent is, uh, you know, uh, uh, our culture is worth it, is, how, is, is my answer. Um, I think that, uh, you know, it, it sort of links into this question of are we force-feeding the public something that they don't even want and have no interest in, and are we going to bang our heads against the wall forever? Listen, it's like the middle of the week we're here in a movie theater in Toronto and look at all these people who showed up pretty incredible to listen to us talk about what we could do to make film and TV in Canada better thank you all so much for being here tonight and for caring about this stuff very nice of you very much thanks for coming everyone that was your Canada Land show I hope you enjoyed it you can email me at jesse at canadalandshow.com. I read them all. I respond when I can. I'm on Twitter at Jesse Brown. The website is canadalandshow.com. The crowdfunding site is patreon.com slash canadaland. Thank you this week to Alan Black, Dylan Okowski, J.P. Robichaud, everybody here at Bloor Hot Dogs Theater. Thank you to the audience here. Thank came you. Out tonight. Thank you to Jay Baruchel. Thank you. Thank you to Jesse Brown. Shortcuts will be up on Thursday. Candle and Commons will be up on Tuesday. Thanks a lot. If you like the show, support it. Ah!